greet all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Are you happy this evening? Amen. God bless you, Brother Marvelous. Amen. Uh, let us just turn uh, to our Bibles. The book of John. Chapter is 11, then verse is 11. That's John 11th chapter, the 11th verse. If found, you can say amen. It reads in this manner, if it is found, these things said he, I haven't been here for a long time, <laughs> I think other preachers don't do how I do it, it's how they prefer it, but I want to hear you reading the Bible, Amen. Amen. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. How bait Jesus speak of his death. But they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest in sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Amen. Uh, you see, when he said he sleepeth, he expected them to grasp it then he had to speak in a plain language that Lazarus is dead. But yet Lazarus was not dead. Lazarus was still sleeping. Are you with me? Uh, but he, he spoke a language that they can understand at the level at which they were at. But he had thought they were at a certain level but when he spoke and realized that they don't get him, then it dawned on him that these people are not where I think they should be, but let me come to their level. But him coming down to their level does not change the original language. Are you still with me? Where we are tonight, the bride has to speak a certain language. I'm glad the uncle said amen to that with some enthusiasm. The bride has to speak a certain language. The preachers have to preach certain sermons to reflect the point at which we are at. Are you still with me? But if we are expected to be here, 
and we operate here, it really disappoints God. Amen. Believers are supposed to be here. Message churches are supposed to be here. But if they operate below the level at which they must gravitate, it grieves the Holy Spirit. And I think I've already preached for tonight. My question would be, your life tonight, is it gravitating at the level at which the weight says it should gravitate at this point in time, or is it below that? If it is below that, then you need to, to really step change. And as they say today, you've got to up your game. Amen. If your ministry does not operate at that level, you've got to up your game. Amen. Amen. Shall we bow our heads? Gracious Heavenly Father, we are very much thankful this evening. We are here because you have predetermined that we would be here tonight. You saw the number that would be here. This number does not exceed what you saw. And it's not less than what you saw. It is exactly how you saw it. That is why we believers do not believe in coincidences. We believe that our paths were predetermined. We believe when we go, we had to go. We believe what we experience, we had to experience. Because why? There is a greater intelligence that guided our paths even when we were still in our father's loins. This evening, we just want to be thankful for this message. The world over, they may take this message for granted, but to us, it is life. And for that matter, that is why I say, we thank you for this prophet. We thank you for this message. We thank you for the brethren that you have granted to us the world over. Lord, a lot of times we look so much at what is going wrong in the world, but we fail to see what is going right in the supernatural realm. My prophet says, you would never leave yourself without a witness. Tonight, I am a witness. And everyone can individualize that statement and say, I am a witness. If I'm the last remaining witness, let it be. Dear God, there was a time when Elijah thought he was the only one remaining until you had to encourage him and say, there are still 7,000 who have yet not bowed down to Baal. I believe in the end time there are still people out there that still have not bowed down to this modernization of the gospel in the end time. They still believe in the originality of the gospel the way it was given out by Malachi 4. There is going to be a bride. There is definitely going to be a bride. There is going to be a rapture. That one, dear God, we believe it 100% because your weight will never return to your void. It will accomplish what it was sent for. I commit myself tonight. I commit the brethren to you. They've been here. Good messages have been preached here behind the pulpit in my absentia. For that, we want to thank you, dear God. And we commit everything to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. While you take your seats. Amen. It's been a couple of apologies, uh, but 
I won't go individually, individually to those apologies, but we are happy to be in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, even when there is winter, there is still God that must be saved. Amen. He is saved during summer and during winter. Amen. I've not been around here uh, for quite some time, but rest assured, even when I'm not around, I never miss a midweek service. Amen. That's, unless, unless if I'm hospitalized, but if I can walk, I, I don't miss it. It's a principle. Amen. Even my family does not miss it. It's a principle. Amen. Are you still with me? Now, Brother, I think it was Brother Burero, he preached on the position of the church. God bless you, Brother Nelson. Uh, good to see you. Uh, he was just in Mozambique, but we are happy to have you. Amen. Uh, he preached on the position of the church, uh, and I think it was absolutely a lovely message. It was quite a blessing. Amen. And Brother Mpanyana on Wednesday, he came and preached on looking at the unseen. I believe that it was, again, a masterpiece. Amen. Now, what somebody was saying after, I think it was one of the visiting ministers the other time, and said, it is good to preach to your church. Uh, It doesn't matter from which angle you come from. They, they grasp. Then I said, it is because we have not boxed God. Uh, we have not boxed God because in, in certain assemblies, they think that God is an evangelist. Uh, and they don't believe that he can, he can be other things other than an evangelist. In other churches, they believe that God is a teacher. He can't be anything else except a teacher. In other churches, they believe he can only be an apostle. He can't be anything else. So the moment the church believes that God comes as an apostle, the day he comes as an evangelist, they wonder, who is this one? But a church of the living God must know that we believe in the fivefold ministry. There's going to be a time where you come to church, you're going to be very blessed and feel that, oh, goodness, rapture is on the rooftop. Now we are going. There was going to be times where you come to church immediately after the service, you think that, goodness, I don't even need to go and sleep. Whatever I needed, I need to action it now because of the level of faith that I possess. And there's going to be times when you come from church you will be very offended and say, that guy, that priest, where does he really come from? Uh, are you still with me? Because the weight would have provoked you. That has got to happen in order for the church to move forward. Are you still with me? Uh, the moment we are just a church where we are all happy about that, what is being preached, you must know that we are not growing. There must be a time where the weight provokes you. How many believe that? 
There must be where the time where the preacher really hit the heart. And you realize, until you say, was he really gunning for me? Yes, he was gunning for you, but it's not him, it's the Holy Spirit. Are you still with me? So we appreciate what the brothers are doing in ministering. And I said to the minister, it is, it is very easy to bless our church. As long as what you say is what the prophet said, we definitely going to be very blessed. But if it is not, you have dropped my monitor, if it is not what the prophet has not spoken, we can really become very intolerant church. Hallelujah. We can be a very unkind church. Because what's happening, we, we, we are not just listening to the preachers. We are looking at the book. We are not just listening to Joshua. We are looking at, as well, the book that Moses left. Are you here, believers? So, if you just listen to what Joshua says without looking what Moses says, you will not know when Joshua goes off the rail. If you look only what the fivefold ministry is preaching, but you don't check what Brother Brenham has preached, you are going to get lost. Fivefold ministry without the guidance of the prophet of the age uh, is very dangerous. They become very creative. Are you still with me? Fivefold ministry, uh, from time to time, we must say, you are a great teacher, but are you still operating within the Malachi four parameters? You are a great apolo- uh, 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 apostle, but are you still operating within the parameter of Malachi four? And if one does not operate within the parameters of Malachi 4, you must never be apologetic and say, I don't take it. Including if I was your pastor for 20 years, if I bring something that is not within the Malachi zone, you must be able to say, Pastor, we come back a long way. I love you. We come back. You've wedded my child. We have dedicated my babies. But ah, this one, that you are preaching, it is no longer the very thing that we have heard from Malachi 4. Never please personalities with your soul. Never please personalities with your soul. Your soul is very critical. Amen. Uh, I just want, I just want to, I wanted to bring you up to speed that I had been listening to what the brethren were preaching. I absolutely, I was tremendously blessed. Amen. Now, my intention was to speak on the mystery of divine healing, but when I looked at the subject, it would be great that we deal with it on one Sunday, one Sunday when all believers are here. But tonight, I would like to deal with, continue where we left off, the language of the bride. You still remember? The language of the bride. Amen. Every, every, every discipline has its own language. I was speaking to Brother Lassimo the other time we were driving and was speaking to me about what they do within the hydraulics field. And as he was speaking, I realized that you've got to be, you've got to know the field 
to understand the language of the field. Are you still with me? Then I realized that a doctor would not know how hydraulics work because it is, and there is a, a jargon. So I realized that he could be with me and spend an hour with me and speak about what he does and how he does it without me understanding it, even though he speaks English. Are you still with me? Uh, but why? Because he speaks the language of the field. So I realize that where we are today, we, we are speaking the language of the bride in the end time. There is a certain language that we speak. That language cannot be found in churches. How we approach things, how we conduct ourselves, it is different from the way the people out there are conducting themselves. Are, are you still with me? That is why Jesus says, Lazarus sleepeth. Then they said, if he is sleeping, he shall be well. But he understood that he, he speaks of a sleeping that they don't understand. And what he calls a sleeping to them is death. So he said, let me, rather, let me rather speak their language that they understand that he is dead. But when he went to the tomb of Lazarus and screamed and, and, and called out Lazarus and said, Lazarus, Lazarus, come forth. When Lazarus came out, he, they must have understood the sleeping part. Are you, are you still with me? But, but when he spoke, they did not understand what he was speaking about. Now, bring this scripture, brother, Matthew 13, verse 10. Just be careful of the cable. It's just bringing a bluish color there. Amen. Just bring Matthew. Matthew 13. Verse 10. It says, And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. Are you with me? Now, a lot of times people think that God is obligated to tell every soul what he needs to do. God is only obligated to the elect. And Brother Brenham, when we used to read John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave only his begotten son. And Brother Brenham comes in the end time. He says Jesus did not die for everyone. He died for the elect. Then he comes in the message, who is this Melchizedek? He says the predestinated are the only ones that are considered in redemption. Amen. Then he comes, he tells you that the way to redeem, it means that something moved from its original place. Amen. So to redeem is to bring it back to the original place. Amen. So tonight, the greatest thing that you can be thankful for God for is that you had a place to be redeemed back to. And if you had no place to be redeemed back to, 
I don't care how good you are. I don't care how cultured you are. God was not going to be obligated because you had no place to come back to. If, if you understand that, you will realize that if you believe in God, it's not a favor. That's why we say it's an unmerited grace. Because there are people that are better than you, but we can preach the gospel and avail every resource of the kingdom of God to them, but they will never see it. Why? Because they were never predestinated to see it. But you were predestinated to see it. That makes us to be a privileged group of people. Now, he says, For whosoever whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance, but whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because seeing, see not. Hearing, they hear not. Neither do they understand. They hear, but they don't hear. They see, but they don't see. They hear, but they don't understand. The way they understand, they don't perceive. But you, once the gospel comes, I mean, a lot of times after we've heard the gospel, to us, it sounded like it's common sense. You were excited and went back to your home and said, this is what I've received. You only realized when there was resistance that goodness, I thought this should be so simple, but yet to these people, it is not so simple. And it made you wonder, you understanding is not because you had better intellect. It is because something on the inside, you had the gene of God. Yes. Folks, it is a privilege to be a gene of God. And I will tell you, even before I'm able to run ahead of myself, you are not going to heaven because you believe too much. You are not going to hell because you believe less. You are going where you are going because of the seat that you are. Amen. Folks, it all boils down to a seat. Uh, uh, you know, I think, I think it was Brother Mpanyan and I we had gone to see a very sickly woman, very, very sick. You could see when we left, we could see that ah, she's not going to make it. It was so apparent, but when we spoke to her about the Bible, in her state of death, she still said, my church, my church. Her church mattered more than what the Bible was saying. So you are sitting there, especially our evangelical brothers. They believe that when a person is about to die, they are the right candidate to accept the gospel. You don't believe the gospel because you are about to die. You believe the gospel because you are the seed. We can come and visit you in the ICU. And the doctor could say, this machine... It's, a, it's showing that this person is dying in five minutes. We could still say, brother, we've got five minutes. Let us accept the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, right there, it does not matter whether they are left with five minutes. 
It does not matter whether they are in the ICU. It boils down whether they are a seat or not. Oh, I, I hope this can sink in. This I'm going to paraphrase it because I'm trying to speak the bride's language. You are going to read it for yourself when you get home. Uh, I'll read other quotations, but this one is quite lengthy. In the message, the Hebrews, you don't need to bring it on the screen, brother, uh, because I just want to paraphrase it. Brother Bram speaks about a man called Bramsey. This brother was a, a mighty preacher that preached the gospel. He was respected by everybody, including the prophet. Now, one time he had a certain brother called Jimmy, and they were talking. As Brother Ramsey was speaking to Brother Jimmy, Brother Ramsey said to Brother Jimmy, I'm done with the gospel. He took his preaching license and tore it into pieces and threw it into the bin. Are you still with me? And after he threw into the bin, he said, look, I, I am done with this. Brother Jimmy, go and get me a case of beer. And Brother Jim says, for me to go and get a case of beer for the servant of God, I'd rather die before I do that. It is in the message. I'm reading it. Now, then he jumped into Brother Jimmy's car, went down to where he could buy it, bought it himself, was done. Brother Brenham comes, he says, in this message, he says, uh, he says, he started going down. God couldn't speak to him. God couldn't speak to him. I warned him. He did everything he could. Brother Smith went down and warned him. Everybody tried to do everything they could for him. Still, he shook his head. What happened? He took sick and died. So, here's a brother was a preacher. And don't be, don't be very nervous because I know message people, once you come, here, they say, are you going to encourage people to live the way they, hang on. Brother Brenham says you can't live any kind of life and say I'm predestinated. He says the life that you live proves whether you are predestinated or not. So I'm not going to be a very jittery to read this quotation because I'm afraid somebody's going to be irresponsible. If they become irresponsible, maybe they were not a seed. Now, God could not speak to him. Brother the prophet could not speak to him. Brother Smith could not speak to him. What happened? If three people come and approach you, what happens? The church must excommunicate you. Are you still with me? Then when you die, what are you going to say? You must be able to say, our brother refused the truth. He's dead. Where is he? Our brother. I don't think he made it. Because the prophet spoke to him. Brother Smith spoke to him. Everybody spoke to him. Even God spoke to him. He couldn't hear, but he's dead. Therefore, where is he? Now, Brother Branham comes. He says, what happened? He took sick and died. That showed that he was a saved man. 
you can't say amen because you are scared. It's a quotation. He took sick and died. It showed, Brahman say, that showed that he was a saved man. In another message, he, say, he said, he's in heaven. Come on, a preacher that tore his preacher's lessons into the bin. A preacher that, listened, that refused to listen when God spoke to him. A preacher that brethren tried to advise. Then Brother Brennan comes. He says, he does show that he was saved, a saved man. If God could not make him bring him in obedience, he will have to take him out of the earth and bring him home. That's exactly what the Bible says. That's exactly what the promise is. He said, if you won't stand correction, you've got to go home. So God cannot lose you after he has saved you. But he can shorten your days here and make you pay for everything that you have done. So now, now, somebody say, oh, fine, great quotations. I'm done with the message. I'll carry on with my little thing. You're going to live longer and die and go to hell. And this quotation, you cannot use it to get to heaven. Because God is not a respecter of any... What I'm trying to demonstrate, Brother Ramsey did not go to heaven because he was a preacher. Brother Ramsey did not go to heaven because he was working with the prophet. Brother Ramsey did not go to heaven because he was in the message church. Brother Ramsey went to heaven because he was a seed of the living God. Folks, I'm talking the bright language here. And I I know it rattles you and I'm doing it deliberately so that you get rattled. Because we as human beings, we've got our own limited prescriptive ways of what the gospel is and what it should be and what it should achieve. And your prophet comes and says, there are a lot of people that you are going to meet in heaven that are going to surprise you. Oh, let's start. The guy that was dying next to Jesus, brother, he was not baptized. Hallelujah. Now, now, you see, I'm really challenging your message theology. Oh, yes. Did he not go to heaven? Did he not go to heaven, message believer? Was he baptized? Did he go to, did he go to church? He was even a, 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 he was a prisoner. From prison to the cross. From the cross to heaven. How, I'm trying to show you mercy can never be defined by a human being. Are you still with me? I'm going to come on certain things, but that's what I wanted to show you. Now, Brother Bram comes, and don't say, hey, Brother Madiba was encouraging us to be living any life. I say, if you dare do and die, you can end up in hell. And you will not say because this was for Brother Ramsey. Every case has merits. I say every case has merits. You can't use somebody's merits and say on the basis of this, even me, I'm going to make it. Brother Ramsey, God looks at the motive, not just the objective. 
are you still with me? Because you've got to bring a balance to this because we have, really, we have got people that can really go wild. Now, brother, bring, bring my diagram. I'll come back to my quotations. Just that screen on its own, it shows you what is on the board. It already... If I step into Roman Catholic Church and I, I put up that, they will not have any idea of what is there. They will just wonder, son of man, son of God, son of man, son of David, son of man, rapture, Revelation 10, 7, shout, voice, trumpet. What is it? But this, the moment you flesh it to where bright members are, even before you explain it, they already are rejoicing because son of man, it is the language of the bride. Are you still with me? But however, however, as much as I fleshed it here, when he was here 2,000 years ago as a son of man, the language that was used today reflected the time then. The language that was used during the seven church ages, it is a different language than the language that you and I are using today. Are you still with me? Do you still remember we preached on this when we were speaking about the appearing and the coming? Now, are you still with me? Now, at the beginning of the age, Paul says, I've got a godly jealousy with you, about you, that there must never come another man. As the serpent beguiled Eve, that there should never be any other person that comes and corrupts you. Because you are a, a chaste virgin. Now, this, this is the language that Paul said at the beginning. Now, in 1963, your prophet comes. He says, I'm very much happy because you are now pregnant by the word of God. Amen. From a virgin to pregnancy. Now, when you speak, I would imagine Star Lorraine and the rest of the elderly sister, when you speak to an unmarried young girl, there is a way that you speak. When you speak to the one that has got kids, there is a way that you speak. Even us, brother, when you don't have kids, you, sometimes he that does not have kids is at liberty to speak the way they want. Then the day you have kids, you re, I, I remember a brother that said, you know, parents are very useless. The kids, they run around. And the day, then he had a child. Then the child ran around. Then he kept quiet. You, you see, because when he was there, he could speak. But when he realized, when he was here, the language changed. Are, are you still with me? Now, during the first church age, Paul spoke in a certain way. But in our time, we speak a different language. Because Paul came during the partial realization. And you and I are during a full, a full, complete realization. Let's put it this way, folks. Let's put it this way. What is going to feed the church in the end time, it is nothing but the weight. It is not going to be spiritualism. 
And, and, some believers are dying in the message because of fear. Fear is gripping, it's paralyzing people. We buried my aunt on last week. A few months back, we buried her daughter. The husband is, is diabetic. The leg was amputated. Now you've got a diabetic father whose leg is amputated. A daughter died. A mother died in the same family. Now, when, when people come and speak to the children, you even believe us. You can detect fear. Because if people have died and you say, I must really pray harder and be careful. What do you mean? Those that have been taken, were they not careful? Did they die because they were not careful? Or did they die because it was their time? Come on, believers. The danger, I'm, I'm preaching here, folks. The danger is people are able to leave the world, come into the message, and still try the gimmicks that they used to try when they were out there. Consult a sangoma while you are in the message. Come on. It's foolishness. I have got no better way that how can you trust another man with your life when he himself could die at any time? Are you still here, people? No, folks, there has never been a person that has ever died because somebody had power. Life comes from God. Life is taken by God. Oh, even us that are eating conscious, being health freaks and say, I don't eat this, I don't eat that. I was showing my wife, we drove to my grandfather, my grandmother's place there, and we drove past a certain man. That man, I was shocked that he was still, I, I know I'm not being funny, I thought he was long dead. He was a really true candidate for death. Yes, I'll explain why. Right from the 70s, he would finish the whole chicken alone. And two loaves broth, two loaves alone. Right from his youth, he was being paid a social grant because of his weight. He's epileptic. He has fallen many times. He. Those people that thought he would be the one that would die have long are long dead. When I drove there, I, I mean, I drove past his house. It was almost 25 years ago. 25 years later, I drive past the same place. I see the man is sitting on the chair that he has been sitting there since I was a young boy. Then I ask somebody, I say, is he still eating the way he used to eat? They say, yeah. He's still eating his full chicken. And he's still, I'm, I'm, I'm not cracking a joke, I'm dead serious. But you and I, we are talking that if you eat two, chicken alone, two loaves, you're going to die. Here is a man epileptic. He is now approaching 70 years of age. He has never run. He has never eaten carefully. 
He is epileptic. He had even to qualify for a social grant when he was still in his youth. But he's still alive. Oh, hang on. No one is even taking care of him. He is staying alone. His mother died in the 80s. Now, I asked somebody, I said, then if he stays alone, what's up? He says, this, my uncle was telling me, say, I met him, and then the other time he told me he had, he, it looked like he had a scar. He says, actually, he was epileptic. He fell while he was alone. Now, you are sitting there, you think, you are living because you are careful. You are living because it is the grace. It is the grace. It is the grace of God. Are you still with me? Specialists, they get sick and die. But you are alive. Oh, let me not go there. Down there, opposite Brother Mpanyana's shop there by Shell, there is an old woman there. Very old. She, she, uh, ever since I've been here on Wilbank, she has been there. She even smokes. Winter after winter, she's there. When some people are dying in, double, in mansions because of pneumonia, she's there. Pneumonia does not touch her. What is happening? It's not because she's living because she's careful. Everyone has allotted days upon the face of the earth. You will never go beyond your days. Are you still with me? I hope you understand. Now, Brother Branham, leave it it as it is, Brother. Branham says in the message, speak to the rock, paragraph 20. He says, my wife, when she writes me a letter, she might kind of hold a little back, refrain. That means as she writes, there are certain things that she holds back on. And she will say certain, certain things. Now, while she's choking in the letter, I am reading that letter, but I read between the lines. I know what she's talking about. I can read between the lines. When you have lived long with somebody, you can hear what they are saying without them saying it. Why? It's because you are reading between the lines. You can walk away while somebody say, I'm fine and just talk nicely. You can walk away and say, they are not fine. Because why? You are reading between the lines. Reading between the lines, it means that you are able to catch what that person is saying. Their thoughts without them bringing them into the weight form. Did you get that one? You are able to catch their thoughts without them bringing them in the weight form. For you to catch somebody's thoughts, you must operate on a certain same level, on a spiritual level. Brother Brenham, he says, my wife, when she writes me, I can read between the lines. And I'm saying, in our generation, when Brother Brenham came and and, and declared this message, which is the language of the bride, you and I were able to read between the lines. And that is why it, it, it really grieves me that you can be in a message and believe that the Holy Ghost is using somebody mightily in the denominations. Let me tell you how, you how gullible you are. 
the Holy Ghost, before it, the Holy Ghost, before the Holy Ghost operates a man's gift, if the Holy Spirit does not have the, that does not have the room to tell this man that we are living during a time where there is a prophet on the land, then it tells me I cannot trust the man that the Holy Spirit cannot trust with the revelation of the hour. Come on, message believers. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching here. Because when the, Holy, when the Spirit of God was there, it, it is the one that led Philip to Jesus. It is the one that led Nathaniel to Jesus. Now, if it was the Holy Spirit and Jesus was on the scene, and somebody they say, he's being used by the Holy Spirit, but he does not recognize that there is Messiah on the land, it must be a different Holy Spirit. Are you, are you with me? I hope we are together. Brother Brenham says, in this message, that's why. When, when, when preachers preach, I've told you how blessed that you were when ministers that came here and preached, it is wonderful. What, made, what, made, what makes us to be blessed is because they went into the storehouse and searched the storehouse and brought the manna and brought that manna to the church. I want to say, a minister can never go and get a sermon of TDJs and that someone can come and bless us. A minister, I, I can't be blessed. I, I, I can be entertained. Hear me. I can be entertained by the ability of T.D. Jakes of how he uses weight and rhymes in his sermons and, and dramatizes things and builds a crescendo and comes to a, a, a climax. Yes, I can be entertained, but I cannot be blessed. The only thing that can bless me, it must be something that is connected to the revelation of the age. Brother Grace would know if you go to Congo and preach and preach and preach and just preach and preach and know Brother Brenham, they begin to look at each other. Why are they looking at each other? They are wondering, did you just drop out of your bed and come up with these wonderful things? Where, where did you take them from? You have to acknowledge the source. He knows. If you can dare and even say, you see, Brother Brennan made mistakes, but I'm here to correct, you will not even finish your sermon. They are not like us here where we will wait you after the service. They come and grab you from the pulpit. They've got their own quotation that they use, and the sisters will break into a song while they go and drop you into the trash. Why? Some people mean business about this message. Some people mean business about this prophet. Some are casual. I hope we are together. Are you still with me? Brother Brenham, I've already, 
Brother Brown says the son of man is the prophet. The son of God is the son of the the son of man is the prophet. Then the son of God is the Holy Ghost operating throughout the seven church ages. The son of man he comes back as a prophet again. And then from there, the rapture will take place. I've taken you through these things. Then you've got the son of man during the time of David, uh, a millennium, which is the son of David. Are we together? Now, Brother Brenham, as he was preaching, as he was preaching, I, I have fallen in love with this messenger even more. And don't judge me and say, have you not fallen in, in, love, in, in love with Jesus? He makes me fall in love with Jesus even more. I, I, was, I was reading a book. This young man had died. At the age of 18, had a car accident, died. Again, he was a, he was a son of a message-believing family. After he died, it traveled to the parents that where is our child? Because the danger today is we have ch- children that are born in message families, but that are not born again. They've been baptized, but not born again. Now, after, after he died, the, the parents wondered, where, was, where, is, this, where is this boy? Because after you die, everybody's going to wonder, has he made it? Your loved ones are going to wonder, have you made it? That is why when you are out, your loved ones, if you are really, around, if you are really dead serious about the message, you want to go to heaven with your family. Hallelujah. You don't want to get there and you realize that your husband is not there or your wife is not there. You want to be there with everything that loved you and everything that you loved. Isn't it so? Now, after he died, the pair then, brother, they asked Brother Brenham and say, we are wondering. Then Brother Brenham comes to see them. He says, I saw in a vision, as the accident was about to happen, was about to happen, I saw a light living through the passenger door. And Brother Bram says, that was his soul. Folks, you get it? He did not die because of accident. Before the accident, the soul left the body. I don't know that way. There, there was not an impact. And the body was there struggling, then the soul left. The soul left the body. He left. He left the body before he could die on the cross. Uh, Do you get get what we're talking about? Brother, let me say, when a child is born, there is an angel waiting for the baby when the baby is born. And when death comes, the angel leaves the body. Then the body dies on its own. That is why a certain sister, I, I'm, I'm going to just load a few things, but I'm going to come to this one. A certain sister comes to Brother Branham and says, Brother Branham, I was wondering, I was sleeping in bed, and I left the body, and I could see my body. Then later I came into my body, and they say, Brother Branham, what is it? Brother Branham smiled and said, it was your theophany. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, uh, you see, these things, you can't preach them in churches. These things are the bright food. Now, he says, then the light, he says, the light left the passenger seat and went straight to God. Folks, I have never heard from, from right at the beginning, I have never heard any preacher that will tell you that I saw a soul leaving the body going straight to God. What manner of man did we come in contact with in the end time? Then he says to the family, I search all the regions, which is the region of the lost. I could not find your child there. As he's speaking to them, he says, do you know that right now as we're speaking, I don't know brother Swartzepini, he says, as we're speaking right now, do you know that you are my daughter, Sharon Rose, is speaking to your son as we are speaking right now. Amen. Are you still with me? This prophetic, prophetic eye that could see, that could hear conversations happening in heaven in current time. Uh, those parents, after they've heard that, they were rejoicing. Uh, are you still with me? I'm getting excited. A brother and a sister left and went to attend Brother Brenham's meetings for two weeks. And as they were there, then they came back. As they were coming back, they stopped by at this one of their relatives. The relative said, listen, you know, for the past two weeks, I had observed your house. The lights were off. Then the brother remembered. But before they left the meetings, they were in Brother Brenham's car. Then Brother Brenham, actually, the sister and the brother came to speak to the prophet while he was in the car. And he says he, he spoke to them and looked this way. And turned and looked at them very, very, in a, like, stared at them. And they wondered, have you ever seen when somebody looks at you and says, goodness, do I have something very funny on my face? It was that kind of a look. Then, when they got to the relative, the relative says, look, I've seen your house lights were off for the last two weeks. Something certainly then as, as they said that, before they left, they had put a squirrel that they were going to prepare for Brother Brenham. And they had put his name on the squirrel. Now, they had put so much meat in the freezer. Are you still with me? Now, when they told them that the lights had been off for two weeks, then the brother said, oh my goodness, the meat must be rotten. Then when they got to the house, the brother said to the family, don't come in. There must be so much smell in the house. And the brother went into the house and there was no smell. And went to open the fridge. The meat was not rotten. 
the relative that saw that the lights were off and says, no, there must be a certain power that goes to the fridge without getting to the house. They unplugged where the fridge was plugged. They plugged a radio. It never came on. And the meat was still fine. They ate the meat. If this God, if this God, if this God can preserve a meat for two weeks in the fridge without electricity, how much more about our souls? Why I'm saying that? I'm saying, we, as message believers, we must not talk the language of fear. We must talk the language of faith. I went to visit a certain man. And everybody was, is af- was afraid of him that he might be a wizard. And I told a few people that I'm visiting the man. Now everybody, even including message believers, are you sure? No, I'm definitely sure. Why don't you just go there without making an appointment? No. It's, it's rude. I need to make an appointment. You know why they say I must just go there without appointment? So that he must not cook for me. He must not know that I'm coming. So that he does not have time to prepare his stuff. No, I said no. Two weeks in advance, I said I'm going. And I went. Goodness, they prepared me very nice food. I enjoyed the meal, came back, and it's still me? Yes, it's still me. Then I realized that message people are in church, but they are afraid of wizards and witches. If I could ever get to a point, I as a pastor, and I preach to you, to be afraid of a witch, you must leave this church. Because it tells you that what I'm feeding you I don't, have the, I don't have confidence that it can protect you. Come on, if a witch has preferred a nice meal, eat. Enjoy and tell the witch the food is delicious. Why? Because there is a higher power that we commit to the food to. We are not going to tiptoe around life. Because why? We speak a different language. Are you still with me? I'm going to release you. Brother Brenham, as he's preaching the message, Christ is the mystery of God revealed. He comes in paragraph 205, he says, Now, wait just a minute. You're writing down scriptures. You ought to put down 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 6. The Bible says the woman that lives in worldly pleasure can't be the pleasures of God. So it, ha- it would have to, see, the woman that lives in worldly pleasure is dead while she's living. That's what the prophet said, St. Paul. The woman that lives in this worldly condition is dead while she's living. And if, listen, and if she rejects mercy, she can cross the separating line where there is no place for her no more. So, it is only the prophet of the hour that comes in this generation that tells you that there is a line between mercy and judgment. And as you are living 
If you are not careful, you may cross over that line. And Brother Branham said, the reason God took Brother Ramsey home, he says he was careful that Brother Ramsey must never cross that line. And if you are not a seed, God allows you to cross the line. Are you still with me? I hope we are together. Now I'm going to reveal, uh, release you. Brother Bram says in this message, I think it's still Christ is the mystery of God revealed. He says, paragraph 637, he's preaching. As he's preaching, it was a four hour, four hour, 30 minutes message. Then he says to the church, of course, being spiritual, you watch spiritual things. Not knowing this, God knows it. But if you will turn and look at the clock, it's on the dot, two o'clock. The end of the second pool, the third pool, as he is preaching, the wash hits two o'clock. Then he announces to the church, it is the end of the second pool. The third pool is at hand. Now, hear me out. When you speak about pools, there are people that say, what do you mean? Do you mean that if we are in the third pool, first pool is no longer important, second pool is no longer important? Check me. Hear this out. First pool, Brother Brunham says, during the first pool, I will hold people's hands. And there would be a vibration. And I will tell them the, the, what they were suffering from. The second pool, it was God reading the secrets of the heart. Then the third pool was the fullness of the weight. Are you still with me? And your prophet comes. He says, every man of God must pray for the sick. He says, your pastor can lay hands upon the sick. But he says, it does not mean that he can take the gift of discernment. He says, it takes one in an age to have that. Because that is the messianic sign. Are you still with me? Now, when we speak about the third pool, people come and say, hang on. But that brother was able to prophesy and know the secrets of the heart. Let me tell you something. The third pool does not discount a prophetic gift. But it operates a prophetic gift differently. Tonight, or maybe Sunday or Wednesday last week, as the ministers were preaching here, some of you, you were sitting in your chair, you say, does he know about my situation? Why does he speak like somebody told him about my situation? No one told the minister about your situation. What happened is that the prophetic gift within the third pool ministry, because when the word goeth forth, the word descends the secrets of the heart. Are you still with me? Then we are now on a higher gear. And as I said, the higher the speed, the higher the gear. Do you know the drivers? You can't while you are driving on the N4 at 160 and you just say, I feel like taking the gear to gear number one. What is going to happen to your engine? It will knock the engine. Now, Brother Brunham comes and says, this is now a prophet. This is the language of the bride. He says, do you know that you are now the astronaut? 
This is the message, the countdown. What does it mean to be an astronaut? An astronaut operates an equipment that is faster than anything on the earth. An astronaut does not operate at the level of a helicopter. He does not operate at the level of an aircraft. Aircraft can only go 36,000 feet above ground. But what is happening about an astronaut? He takes the spaceship. He goes right. He, Brother Ron say he goes past the moon. And it comes, spiritually speaking, you are the astronaut. What is happening? It means we are operating at a much faster speed. That means we want all the gears to be at the higher gear. So we can't while we are operating at this faster rate and you still want to come into the church and throw gimmicks of trying to say your ID number is so and so. That's nonsense. I say that is not acceptable within the bright zone. Come on, believers. Brother Lawrence, don't you think that when you woke up this morning, Satan knew that you were waking up? Didn't Satan know what your name is? Didn't know where you are waking? Doesn't he know your ID number? So if Satan comes and meets you in the road and says, wait a minute, you are a Lawrence. You are waking at Kusile. You are driving such and such. Are you going to say, praise be to God? Ooh! That's exactly what's happening in churches. I'm not interested in that. But if, some, if the word comes and penetrates your body, penetrates your spirit, and goes right into the depth of your soul, and you, and you, you feel attack of God within your soul, and you realize that no matter what I do, even if I want to go back, I can't go back. Even if I want to be a sinner, I can't be a sinner. Even if I want to be like the world, I can't be like the world. What happened? Something greater got hold of me. That's what we need to talk about now. Greatest enemies of the message. Last time I said it's intellectualism and Pentecostalism. I'm bringing the third one. Spiritualism. Spiritualism. Hallelujah. What is spiritualism? Spiritualism, it has some mystic elements. Where if you differ with a personality, it's like they've made a contract with Satan that you will never prosper. Well, he's a message or is an elder. Are you with me? Spiritualism. We're beginning to see those things where uh, somebody said, I, folks, I hate pictures in church. The, the only picture that I love in church is of the prophet, the cloud, the pillar of fire. We're not showing William Branham, we show the pillar of fire. Then the cloud, then Hoffman. Those three are the only ones that I really, really appreciate. Other than that, I think we're just being dramatic. Are you with me? Now, you'd know, Brother Nathaniel, I asked my Zimbabwean friends, I said, why wherever 
Edward Munangagwa goes, even if it is in a tent, they always hang his picture behind. You go to a hotel, there is his picture. You go to Nando's, there is his picture. But you go to America, Trump is no way. And who's got more power? Trump or Mnangawa? The one that has no power, you don't see his pictures. I said, what drives this? It is, it is, a, it is a, a cultish tendency. Today, in the message, pastors are obsessed of showing their pictures. Amen. Brother, bring me in your message. The unveiling of God. He says, stay away from that pillar of fire. That's a direct quotation. Now, why would you in this church have a picture of the prophet, have a picture of Hoffman, have a cloud, and have Brother Madiba? For what? For what? Amen. Okay. Brothers from Zimbabwe, don't say I'm picking up on you. Even here, it's still the same disease. As soon as the president do, does reshuffling, eh, maybe it's the minister of the police, every police station in the country must change a picture of the president or of, of the minister of that time and put the new one. And when it was Jacob Zuma, the pictures were changing every now and then because he was reshuffling now and then. Why, why people want to project themselves more? It is the disease of the age. Why am I saying so? I'm closing. A certain brother gives an account on Brother Branham's life. He says, I was sitting with him. We were at the, uh, the right family. He says, I looked at Brother Branham who was sitting there, and they were sitting next to what they call the potty belly stove, that old coal stove. He says, as they were sitting there, this brother looked at Brother Mnuf and said, this man, he was in South Africa, spent time with the mayor of Deben. This man prayed for a congressman. This man prayed for the king of England. But once he's done, he comes home and he sits next, the right family was a poor family. He comes and sits here next to the stove and just sits with the right family. He sits right there. I realize how great this man was in his littleness. Today you can't see pastors. It takes three months to see one. Because why? There is a protocol. How do you become a, she- a shepherd when there is a pro- when a sheep struggles to get hold of you and come and sit down with you? That is not how the message is. William Brenham has shown us how to do things. God bless you, Rachel. As we stand to our feet.
let's just sing any song, worshipping song. Philip has got uh, the baby daughter. 
No, she has arrived. Yes, she arrived. So I hear that it says she was expecting. Is a baby daughter. Yeah? Baby girl. Oh, all right. The name? Salem has arrived. Amen. You know, I remember when the sister was pregnant, Satan caused quite a stir. But uh, our Lord stepped in. Amen. 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 You see, we don't depend on a doctor. We don't. uh, When she was pregnant, because some South Africans are, are very rude. I don't know whether they think that they are in an America that is in Africa. Now, whenever the sister would go for checkups, the doctor would just speak in Zulu. And she can't understand Zulu. So there was always a lot of miscommunication. And where there is no communication, it results into uh, complications. But uh, because Dr. Jesus does not speak Shona, doesn't speak the heavenly language, all is well. And we want to thank God for that. I love him. I love him because he first loved me while we are going to ask Brother Marvelous Yeah, while he's going to wrap up in prayer. Next time, let us know when you come and come with the sermon. He's a preacher. Amen. Amen. Doing wonderful work sometime in terms of outreach. That's, uh, we rather have young men that are making mistakes taking the gospel to the people than young men that are just crooks. Amen. I'm not saying he's making a mistake. I'm just saying he's doing the right thing. But if you are doing something, you are bound to make a mistake because you are doing something. He that does nothing never makes mistakes. And remember, it doesn't take an effort to be a critic. It just takes saliva, your tongue. Then you can become a critic. But hard work, you've got to sweat. Amen. I love him. I love him. I'm not here on Sunday. I know it's heartbreaking, but I have to be in Nelspreet. There's something that Pastor Michael and I have to wrap up in Nelspreet. So this will be my last weekend that I'm out. Don't complain. Last weekend. Amen. You know that I'm not the kind that travels for fun. Uh, my aunt's death really disrupted my diary, but we'll fix it. Amen. God bless you. I love him. I love him. I hope you are being blessed. I mean, last week message, the position of the church, Sunday, looking unto the unseen. Folks, it's such a... When you are not around, that's when you gauge the growth of the ministry. Because uh, if the church is the only pastor that preaches, the day that he dies, that church will die with him. Amen. Come with it. I love him. I love him.
I love him. Can come over here, brother. Bless you. eternal heavenly father the creator of the heaven and the earth we thank you lord once more again that you have visited us this evening lord father we thank you so much lord words are not enough to express the way we are feeling lord yes that's why one day jesus christ was standing and said father i thank you that you have hidden this to the wise and prudent, and you have revealed it to us, such as babes, Lord. Lord, some of us, we are not even educated, we are not so intelligent, mm. but you chose us, Lord. Mm. There are so many people that are better than us, so many people outside the Lord that are so smart, very intelligent, clever, Lord. But we have chosen us, Lord. That's why we'll stand here this morning or this evening and say we are what we are by the grace of God. It's not the works of man, Lord. No, sir. Some of us who have taken us very far. Yes. We even didn't know the message of the hour. But, Lord, one day the light came on our way, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. That's why, Father, we say, Lord, give us strength to carry on in this journey, Lord. For we know that, Father, it's not easy, more especially during these times. Where, Father, there's a lot of oppositions that are coming. Mm. But we know and understand that the main thing is just to distract us, Lord. Just like Lord Nehemiah and other brothers that were busy building the temple. Mm. There will come people that will come and scoff them. Mm. But Lord, they knew and they were very determined in their hearts. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That Lord, like Daniel, when they were in Babylon, Lord. Mm. The Bible said they were determined in their hearts. Mm. That they will never bow down to the gods of Babylon. And Father, we are here again in this Babylon, Lord. This world that is so filthy, mighty God. When we leave our homes, when we leave to our churches, outside there we go to mall, we just go to hell. We go to school, we just go to hell. We go to work, we just go to hell. Because there is a lot of demons waiting for us. But Father, we pray that God, You give us strength, mighty God. Mm. So that, Lord, when we come back 
And Father, that's why the prophet always says, I'll always wonder why God will say to David, a man after my own heart. Mm. The man who will kill Uriah so that he can take mm. the wife of Uriah. Mm. But yet God can say the man after my own heart. Mm. It's because David, Father, he will acknowledge when he was wrong and say, Lord, forgive me. Mm. And that's what will make us to be Christians. It's not our effort, mm. but it's just to acknowledge our mistakes and mm. repent on daily basis, Lord. We thank you for such a wonderful message that your father brought this evening when we say, Lord, mighty God, Lord, bless our precious pastor. Mm. Bless him all the times and bless all of us. We thank you, Lord, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you, faith. Amen. God bless you. Give us a song till we meet. God bless you richly. Amen. Brother Freddy was leading songs. I was listening last week. Wow, it was a blessing. Amen. We have so much talent in this church. Amen. You see, when you take God seriously, God will take you seriously. Amen. Everything has an appointed season. So it was a blessing. Amen. God bless you. Give us a song.